Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. The Resilient Life Hacks podcast is distributed using Anchor. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about building a stronger spirit, soul, and body so that we can overcome adversity and do what we were made to do. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Today is episode five, and we're here with our guest, Jennifer Loding, and she's going to talk to us today about how to beat the toughest obstacles. Um, she's an author and podcast host of the Starter Girls podcast, and um, I've heard a little bit of her story, and I'm, I'm eager to hear more of it, of the, the health challenges and obstacles that she faced and what she learned in overcoming those. So welcome today, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Can, do you want to tell us a little bit more of, of what you're currently doing, maybe that I, I left out in the intro? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think you covered it all. You oh, okay, good. <laughs> so basically what I do is, as you said, I'm an author, I'm a coach, and then a speaker. And so I basically help people. I came up with these, and I will say came up with them because they're not things that are rocket science or things that we know, but it's it's things that helped me really survive through a very difficult time in my life. And I kind of put together this program that I teach, which I call the seven plus one habits. And it's really these habits that I have done probably for the past couple years. I did them when I was going through my crisis. I continue to do them today and they really helped me you know, at that time to get through the struggles in my life, but also help me to have successes in my life. And so I do a lot of coaching, working around sabotaging behaviors and these limiting beliefs that we have, which we find really play out in all areas of our lives. And so I'm passionate about helping people get mentally fit so that they can take these tools and techniques and roll them over into all these other areas of their life. So I do that. And then of course my podcast, I put a video out today just talking about my whole why about my podcast, because I feel like everything we do is really just an extension of who we are as individuals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my podcast is really about taking, you know, ordinary individuals and showing my audience that these ordinary individuals get to live extraordinary lives because of the extraordinary decisions that they make, whether that be getting through a crisis, making a huge business decision, or maybe just changing the trajectory of where they've been going. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's just about helping people be better human, yeah. be human beings in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that thesis of just because we all go through stuff, you know, but mm -hmm. just given that hope that um, there is something on the other side and we can actually grow and be better through those. Before we get further into into your seven things, I, can we backtrack a little bit and tell us a little bit about your struggle and um, the situation that you went through? It started with a dentist visit. Is that right? It did. It did. Yeah. So. 
you know, I, I want to preface this and say that I've always been an active individual because prior to my health crisis, I, I wasn't necessarily into eating healthy, but I was into exercising. I'd been an aerobics instructor for years. And so I'd really kind of been in that background of health and wellness. But yeah, in 2012, January of that year, so this coming January is going to have been my ninth anniversary. I walked into a dental office to have a regular dental procedure done came out five months later, I was diagnosed with a rare nerve condition called trigeminal neuralgia. And so it affects the nerves in your face. It's you know, usually a, you know, one-sided event for most people. In my case, it was on the left side of my face. And so the nerves, they stem in the back of the neck and then they, they range in the lower jaw, the upper jaw, and then going up, you know, above your forehead. And so things as simple as brushing your teeth, putting your makeup on, stepping out into cold air, vibration, talking, chewing, all of these things could set any one of these three nerves off at any given time. And so the way they, I always tell people, if you go and you look it up, like in the Webster dictionary, they label it a suicide disease because it is so incredibly painful. I would say incredibly, it's awfully painful. And so I spent four years wrestling with that in and out of the doctors, hospital, working with specialists. You know, I went through all the convention, conventionary medical treatments that I could think of to do. It's a very difficult thing to treat. And I had an atypical case, meaning that even with an MRI, they couldn't find anything. There was no compression of a nerve, so they couldn't go in and cut anything. It was really a lot of trial and error. And so Things kind of came to a forefront for me in December of 2015. I was a month shy out of my four-year anniversary. I had, at this point, financially exhausted myself physically, emotionally. I talk about, you know, being in that low depression state where, you know, and I, and I, I don't talk about this loosely, that I always say if there had been something on the table that I could have ended it, I would have ended it. My kids were what were keeping me going at the time. Yeah. But I was in a very bad place and I had walked into a doctor's office and at this point they had, you know, removed my gallbladder. I'd lost a bunch of weight and I referenced this in my book as though I've never had cancer personally, but that's what I felt. I imagined that was my life because I was in severe pain and I was taking so much medication that I was sick from the medication. And so I went into this doctor's office, came out and I made a decision that day. You know, and mostly it was because, you know, I would say we make change when we're pushed by pain or pulled by longing, right? And at that day, I was pushed by pain because I walked into that office and the PA said, you know, Jennifer, you're a conundrum. We don't know what to do with you. And so I walked out and I just, my ultimatum was end it or fix it. I've got to do something. One or two has to happen here because I can't continue. And so I went on a personal journey. I started working with some holistic practitioners, really just started researching, became an advocate for my own health and kind of, you know, it was one thing led to another, led to another. And ultimately, I tell everybody, you know, the turning point was when I did keto, I ended up doing a ketogenic diet for 22 months, but really it was a decision. It was the decision I made to take this into my own hands and really get proactive about it. And so 22 months after I started that journey, I was able to successfully get off all my medication, put the nerve pain into remission. And so as of today, I am still pain-free. Mm, that is awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes. yes, what a relief. So, yes, yes. That is just so hard to go that long with no answers and no, not, you know, at least if there's something you could do. I, You know, I've had some other struggles, but it's like, even if it's a placebo effect, I'll take it because that's something. Amen. Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of encouragement do you have to give to somebody maybe who's going through a long period where there's not healing and there's not answers and, um, you know, life's not getting better? How do you keep going on those hard days? 
Oh my goodness. You know, I think that's a resilient question there. And I think that really, you know, I'm a visionary and I always feel like there's a way, there's a way out. I always feel like there's another answer. So I think you have to go into this with the idea that you need to explore. You need to just keep exploring and keep exploring. And I'm getting chills thinking about this right now and talking about it because to me, there were many days when I was in that battle, like I said, that I wanted to end it. There were many days that I was going through that and I just was like, I, I can't do this another day. I cannot get up and do this another day. And yet I get up and I do it again another day. And so for me, I, what I would say to somebody going through that is to keep researching, keep reaching out, keep talking to people, keep exploring and just keep having faith you know, knowing there is another way. There is something out that you just haven't found it yet. There is, mm -hmm. if you're in a, in a situation where it's a medical thing, there's something there you just haven't found the cure yet. Right, yeah. So I hear you saying, one, don't give up, you know, keep keep trying, and two, don't give up hope, you know, because I think that's also, you know, I, I've wrestled with depression and uh, not, I don't know that I would call it suicidal thoughts, but I, there were times when I definitely wanted to be in heaven with Jesus and not here on earth. It wasn't like I, thought about harming myself, but sure. I really didn't want to be here anymore, if right. that makes any sense. Um, so I can re I can relate to that, but just that that keeping hope alive when there's no reason to keep hoping. Um, I think, you know, suicide is the ultimate loss of hope of just, I have no other choice but this. And I think more people than we realize are, are at that point or near that point. Right. So I think that's a, an important thing to bring up. But um. I, we probably don't have time to go through all seven. Maybe you could briefly give us your seven. Things. I can give you the list. We don't have to go and through then, And then pick yeah. one or two maybe of your favorites to kind of dig into yeah. more. So I call it, somebody asked me yesterday when I met with him, why do I call it seven plus one? And the reason I say that is because the seven are the daily things that you do every day. The plus one is something that you incorporate weekly. And ideally, if you can get that into your everyday life, bingo, you've scored, you're winning life. To me, that's how I feel. And I know, and, and this is what I tell you was once you get that plus one at the end, once you reach that one, you know, you're there and you're at a place where you're feeling really good about what you're doing. You're making a difference and having impact. And so they're very simple, nothing hard. I tell everybody, basically my number one is to create a to-do list every day. This is one of the things that really helped me keep going because it keeps you focused. It keeps mm -hmm. you focused. What I don't, whatever it is you're doing, if it's taking the trash out, whatever it is, it keeps your mind in the game. It keeps you knowing that you're doing something every day. The other one, um, number two, I talk about reading and doing positive material, whether that's engaging in reading a book, listening to an audio podcast, networking, wherever you're going to continually keep pouring into your your headspace, especially with what's going on now. Yeah, um, say, that's a tough one now when what yeah. a lot of people are ingesting is, you know, negative stuff on the on the news or on social media or you know various places. It, I, I think that's critical to make that deliberate daily deposit of positive thoughts. Absolutely. Yes. Cause you're getting wrapped up in that and it's a rabbit hole, <laughs> sure. rabbit hole of negativity, right? Exactly. Yeah, so that's that. Number three is affirmations. Of course, we've all heard about our affirmations and the importance of those Four is uh, meditation or reflection. And then of course, five gratitude. I think this is one of the, if I was going to talk about a big one, gratitude, I think is immensely important, especially when you're in that space where you're, if you're in a depressive state, because I joked about this on a podcast recently, I said, there was a time when I, that was a very difficult thing for me to do. And it might've been as simple as I'm thankful for the forks in my drawer, mm -hmm. you know, because there weren't a lot of things I was thankful for at that time. Yeah. So gratitude. And then of course health and then well being, And then my, 
down. I don't I think I give my seven. They're spread out over seven. But the big one that I really like to talk about is the plus one, and that's the flow. That's the flow. And the flow is basically doing that thing in life that you love to do, that thing that gets you up in the morning and keeps you wanting to go for more. And that's different. And that is a very difficult thing for a lot of people to find because we're so accustomed to working from a task-oriented state of mind. We get up, we go to work, we live for Friday, get up, do this pattern over and over and over. But one of the things I talk about with my people is really just exploring what are those things that you really, really love doing. And sometimes you gotta go back to when you were a child and think about what it was when you were a child that lit you up? What was that thing that did just really a quality, a trait, something that you were really gifted at? And how do you put pair that up with a passion to create flow in your life? And flow becomes the thing that bridges that gap between your passion and your, your gifts, pulling it in. And when you do that, I just think it makes everything so much smoother in life because you're coming from a place of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Especially how you talk about kind of going back to maybe who we were when we were younger. I think that's critical, especially as mothers. It's so easy for us to lose our identity in our family because, you know, we are serving them all the time. And and I I um was because I have eight kids, I, I think you know that already, but I was pregnant or nursing or both for 14 years. And when my youngest was five and in kindergarten, I kind of picked my head up and go, what happened to the last 20 years of my life? <laughs> you know, who, and who am I other than, you know, these people's mom and this person's wife? Um, but a lot of that is true of going back to, well, what did I enjoy as a child? And writing for me was one of those things that I have, I have always been a reader and a writer and an animal lover. And I'm kind of rekindling those things in myself now. Um, and it is, you know, it's that flow of, hey, I was, I was created to do that. like this, this is me, this is who I am. And, and, but you can't get at that point. I, I couldn't get at that point when I was still depressed and still struggling right. still. So that's why, you know, my message is we need to overcome our, our adversity. You use the word obstacles, same thing. And then do what we were made to do or, or do live your purpose. So I really like that. I think it's a process too. It's not like you can tell somebody just do that one thing and that's going right. to be the answer. I mean, you know, when I think about this journey, you know, I started in network marketing in 1999. I mean, I feel like I've been going on this journey for 20 years mm -hmm. almost 21. Now I feel like, I, I feel like there were all these, you know, if you were to connect the dots and go back and look at all this, I feel like you'll see the patterns where I was morphing into what I needed to do. It's just, I, I, as I put it to someone the other day, I need to have my own testimony. I needed to have my own walk through life where I could say, you have the ability. And I say this in my mantra and in my podcast to change your life any day you decide, let today be that day. You have that ability any day. But for me, in order for it to be authentic and be real, and for me to be able to say to people, here I was, here I am, I had to be able to, I had to walk that walk. And so mm -hmm. I really feel like, yes, it's, it's a process of putting all these little pieces of the puzzle together until you get to that place. You know, we're not, we don't arrive. We're still growing every day, oh, right? Yeah, yeah always. <laughs> but you feel like you get to a place where you're like this light bulb moment goes off, like this just light bulb goes off and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This mm -hmm. is what life is and I can choose to be happy. Like I can choose to create the destiny or the path that I want if I work towards that every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that was a, cre a key mental hurdle for me to get over when I was, you know, deep struggling with depression and with anxiety. It feels like something is happening to me. It doesn't feel like a choice. And, you know, even, you know, sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm like, I can't 
right. help the way I'm feeling, but we can make choices to help us feel better. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I have read some things where it made me feel like the depression was all my fault and all in my head. And I brought it upon myself and that's not true. No. So I'm not saying that. And I don't think you are either, no. um, but there are definitely, you know, we do have a choice. And I, I like that about your, your testimony of, you know, you, and it's similar to mine where you, you get tired of waiting around for somebody else to fix it. And, yeah. and you, you just took responsibility and said, all right, this is on me. I'm going to find an answer. Yeah. And, um, I love you know that determination that you showed in that moment is now blessing so many other people who are struggling and who need to borrow that determination from you so that they can do the same thing. Thank you. Yeah, something that I was listening to the other day, Tony Robbins, you know, he said, you always have the choice where you focus your energy. And that's something that kind of resonates with me. Even I, you know, I'm like you said, I'm not immune to having bad days. I'm not immune to having moments where I feel defeated or I feel like, you know, somebody's kicking me down in the ground. I mean, just look at the world today. I was gonna say, especially this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's more really than our share of opportunities. Yeah, to get the news on and you just think, oh my gosh, the world's falling apart and, and you're just one person, this needle in this haystack, right? But I think it boils down to, like you said, these techniques that we work on to help us feel better. And, we, and I think it's really about being mindful. It's about saying, I don't like the way I'm feeling right now. And I can choose either to continue to focus on this bad feeling or I can do something to support myself to make me feel better. And that's really where I think we have the power as human beings is when we become mindful of our behavior and we say, I don't like where we're going and I'm going to work on me. I'm going to work on me and my outlook today and we're going to do something different. And that's how I am. I'm a, pro I'm a solution finder. I'm a problem solver. I can't dwell on things. Like I have to move forward. And so being proactive is the best way I know how to solve a problem we can't solve. Right. For for me, that's what that gratitude is in my life is choosing where I focus. Because I can always find something to complain about and I can always find something to be grateful for. Like you said, forks, or I use the example of paper clips. No matter yeah. how small it is, you know, this year, hey, toilet paper. I, I have never thanked God for toilet paper so much as I have this year in my life. I, you know, we're a large family, so we consume yes. a lot of toilet paper, not hoarding, just there's a lot it. of bottoms in our house. And, um, you know, so this, everything was sold out in the stores and I was having trouble getting it. And I didn't really mention it to many people, but one day just out of the blue, this big, like huge bag of toilet paper showed up on my door. I, and I've, I've asked all my neighbors and my friends and like, nobody will admit to doing it, but I was just so touched. Like I teared up yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, this was early on in, in the whole quarantine thing, but I'm like a couple of months ago, if somebody had handed me toilet paper, I'd be like, uh, gee, thanks. But now I'm just so grateful. I'm like, somebody thought of me. They sent me toilet paper. <laughs> the Grateful for yes, I know. I know. Toilet paper thing too, because there was a time like I mean, we went six weeks. It's like every time we were stepping in the store, there was no toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're gonna be buying paper towels and all kinds of stuff here pretty soon. So yeah, it, totally right. Yeah, I I fought through issues of self sufficiency and you know, oh, if something were to happen or you know, have a an emergency supply of things. And, you know, I thought through water and food and all these various, never, never in my mind had it crossed me to think about toilet paper. <laughs> like, ah, right? what, where do you get toilet paper when the world falls apart? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thankfully it's back out there now, but we know yes. what people do when they panic. And we know yes. in this country what they do. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit more about what your book, uh, about your book of what yeah. caused you to write that or how that idea got started that you wanted to write a book about this. Absolutely. So the book. Okay. So funny thing, um, you know, I joked about this the other day on one of my shows that I'm one of those people when I say I'm going to do something, if I put it out there in social media 
where it goes out there, we're going to make it happen because yeah. I don't yeah. want people to come back and say, you said that and you didn't do it. It's like an integrity thing for me. So, Accountability at work. Yes. So funny story. I had been talking about this book probably for anywhere, six months to a year. I'd been kind of like tossing it out in the air and I've mentioned it and people are like, yeah, you should write this book. And I'm like, I don't know where to start. Like I, like we talked about, you and I talked about yeah. this when we were talking about your book. I didn't know where to start. And so Oddly enough, I think whatever you think and you put out there, it's like the right people start showing up. So I'm networking and all of a sudden all these people start showing up, publicists, writers, you know, all these people start coming into my life. And so each little, you know, like these nudges I'm getting from them, yeah, you should write the book, you should write the book. So oddly enough, I go into this guy's office that at that time I was working in one of my network marketing companies. I was trying to get him to look at this product. He said, yeah, come into my office. So I get in there and he is a like brand or he does like social media content, digital marketing. And he's like, Jennifer, you need to get your story on Facebook. You need to brand on Instagram and you need to write your book. And so I got in the car that day. As soon as I got in the car, I put on Facebook. I'm like, well, I've decided today I'm going to write my book. That was kind of like the defining moment. Yeah. Another one of those, when you talk about like those moments that I had, mm -hmm. like when I came out of that doctor's office, that was a defining moment for me. And so the book is basically, it's my story. It's the story that I went through. That's really one chapter because it's not meant to, I, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Obviously I'm not that, I'm not a victim mentality type person. So really the first chapter is just to lay the foundation and tell you, this is what I went through. It sucked. I hope you never have to deal with this in your life, but the next six chapters, because it's seven chapters, the next six are really everything I learned going through that journey. It was, I talked about like making decisions and self-belief and the meditation and gratitude journaling and, you know, the diet that I went through and how exercising, I was a big runner during that time. I'm still a runner, but I became a marathon runner during that time. And I used that basically as a, as a diversion technique. It was my way of relocating the pain from here to here. Mm -hmm. I've done that with anxiety. It's my anxiety relief. If I'm stressed, yes. I, just, I go run it off. <laughs> yes, it was my, it was my, it was my tool. It was my vice. It was the thing that really just kept my head in back in the game and kept me moving going forward. And, and I don't run near, <laughs> I was running a lot of mileage back then. I don't run near that mileage. Yeah. Anymore. I'm not running at all right now, but yeah, it got me through. So it, the mm -hmm. book's really just is that story. And I, I just recently was talking to somebody about possibly doing a 2.0. I have more stuff. Cause I want to add that whole flow section in there and stuff. You know, I learned all that kind of going through it. I just didn't really know what it was. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes you go through something, you're not really quite sure what it is you've learned. Like, what do you, how do you put a name to that? Yeah. So I have a couple other things I kind of want to add to it. And I may here sometime soon, try to roll out another version of it. We'll mm -hmm. see. Or make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I have enough content. Yeah. yeah I got to pull yeah. it together. That's, that's the, 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 yeah. hard, the hard part. I got to get it all together. So I love the, the picture that's on your cover and, you know, we used it for the the publicity yeah. here but so tell us about that like how'd you come up with that pose and oh my goodness. it looks so fun yeah that was actually a candid shot so i had gotten this photographer that i knew to help me i went to him and i'm like hey i need a like a headshot and i need a photo a book cover so we go in there and we take all these great photos right and so i mean uh -huh. they're like there were a lot of them that came through and that one was an accidental shot that we had done and it was kind of off to the side of the photo and it was kind of dark and he sends that to me and i'm like dude can you do something with this photo? I need you to like, like center it out, lighten it up, like fix it up. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of become my signature, you know, it's on my yeah. business cards. It's on, 
everything that I send out anymore. It's just a fun, it kind of shows who I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about <laughs> candid pictures is it, it's just showing who you actually are. And yeah. It's I think that's why I like that. I try to, I'm like an amateur photographer wannabe person, but I try to get candid pictures of my family, but they always, I have them trained too well. They turn and smile and I'm like, no, I'm trying to just keep doing what you were doing. So then it's like some fake pose. That's so funny. <laughs> we're the opposite here. Nobody likes, yeah. none of my kids like the camera. So I almost have yeah. to sneak those candids because that's the only time. Right. Well, once they become teenagers, then they hide behind their younger siblings and things or yeah. go off camera, but Absolutely. I try. But um, so for those who are interested in reading Jennifer's book, I've posted the link in the comments below, or um, if you're listening to audio, it will be in the show, show notes um, or on YouTube in those notes. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today and sharing these things um, about your journey and all the lessons that you learned from that. It's amazing to me how, you know, we're, we're very different people had very different challenges to overcome, but there are so many things you said that resonated with me. And I'm like, yes, she gets, you know, what I've been dealing with too. And that's just, that's so neat that, you know, we can just as semi strangers, just connect and realize that at the core, we're both just humans trying to figure it out and that we can come along and, and help one another on this journey called life. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you so much for, for sharing that and pouring those things into our audience today. I, I appreciate that. Is there, before we leave, is there any last thing you wanted to add or um, any other place where people can contact you or reach out to you? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on. And you are so true about that. I think that we all at the heart are, are trying to survive. And whatever we go through, you know, the ultimate goal is how do we come out victoriously on the other side? And when we can use that that story or whatever that is, I believe stories sell. And when we can use that to impact others, then it, it's it's a benefit for all of us because it's cathartic for us, but it also helps us help other people make change. So I love that. So thank you for allowing me to come on and do that. And yeah, if if anybody wants to learn more about my story or, you know, find the podcast, they can just go to jenniferloading.com and you've got my name up on the deal. Mm -hmm. so jenniferloading.com yeah. takes you to the main page. Okay. Okay, great. Well, thank you everyone for listening in. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. Uh, join us next week. We're going to be speaking with author Ginger Harrington about overcoming anxiety, which is something near and dear to my heart because I struggle with that as well. But again, if you didn't earlier, please um, subscribe and please share this new podcast with your friends so we can get these messages of hope and victory out to as many people as possible. Because like we just said, we all need a little bit more of that this year. So thank you and God bless. Have a great day. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me forward slash RLH podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for resilient life. Until next time, stand strong. Hold on to hope and love others like Jesus does.